I have before me at the desk a small grouping of seashells. I've spoken a number of times of my beloved late father's love for seashells. From, from when does that arise in the cells of my father's history, he who is no longer physically here with us, whose remains have gone back into the earth? And my beloved late mother, whose remains have gone into fire, and from there the ashes out into beautiful Cuckoo Lake with roses scattered atop the waters by her children and grandchildren. When did they conceive me? Where? When was I born? Where? When shall I die? Where? When shall you realize your love? And where? And I mine? And where? The quality of the unanswered question should really be taught to every newborn babe from the faithful love of his or her grandparents and great-grandparents, ancestors, parents, older siblings, cousins, kin, friends, neighbors, so that from the first moment of breath we resonate from heaven through our ancestors to ourselves, to oneself, you, myself, that we might turn toward that heart of hearts of the holy of holies that exists in you as you and in me as me. How should we name that? Every being knows in his or her or their conscience, the righteousness, the fidelity, the virtue of only that direction. Home, being home, becoming home, realizing home, embodying home, everywhere, always. This is the path. So my father's love for seashells, I would venture to say, goes back to his own conception and birth. Very early years as the only child of his parents. And where did his father most love to go? To the seashore of the Atlantic coastline, to see his own parents and his siblings and their families with my grandmother and their baby. That seashore along Long Island and the North Atlantic coastlines of New York State and New Jersey, Connecticut, Rhode Island, that was my grandfather's heart of hearts. And I am certain somewhere in their beautiful home, which I to this day consider one of my most beloved homes upon this earth. High on Spencer Hill in Corning, New York. I'm sure there was a seashell 
crafted by some sea creature, snail, oyster, some creature of the ocean wrought a, a structure to hold its body safely. How could such an architecture of grace occur? And yet, my grandfather would have carried it home in his pocket, or it would have belonged to his father or mother or his grandfather or grandmother. His grandfather all the way here from Tessel. Maybe my ancestor carried it from the Netherlands, from the Frisian Islands all the way across. Maybe his father and mother gave it to him when Aries sailed from Tessel to Rotterdam and then across to America. Somehow, in my breath, I am held safely by the love from God through the oceans of all the earth to this moment. And so are you, because I love the Creator of the oceans and the creatures and the shells and you and me. And that creator will always see your heart of hearts and mind safely home. If we have the quality of allowing the Divine Mother, the tree of life, the seed sprung into our womb at our mother's conception and birth, nurtured through our father into conception and the birth of you or me. Oh my goodness, here we are. As if God crafted us as seashells of his own heartful path. Then what occurs is the next moment becomes one of our own respectful remembrance of the architecture of history the current moment, into the presence of grace. And we are responsible to embody representing that. And I would like us to go to the places where mysteriously it is tended. My friends whom I've spoken of in the first parts of the retreat are figures who live their lives and are no longer alive but remembered by me. Their bodies cannot be disturbed by us in this present moment going forward because who they were, as Liz or Joni or Gordon or William Erie or Teresa or William Charles or Anna Marguerite or Cora Elizabeth, he whom you seek is not here. She whom you name is not physically here. You cannot harm her. And yet, the point of the breath from ancestor to present moment forward is not a question of separation. There is not violence in the occurrence of your breath unless you neglect it or you neglect attention to someone else's breath. 
When this occurs, there is a disturbance in the force for which you or I or both of us are responsible. So I utilized a story, a poignant one of Thich Nhat Hanh, Venerable Thich Nhat Hanh, whom I cherish so comprehensively. In the last 20 years of Thai's life, there were different people uh, asking him to write books and come and teach places or gift him properties. And there are several times when he sought me out and we met very deeply while he made decisions. And he would pause and practice and make a decision to accept a property or to not accept a property. And I've mentioned several times the only argument we ever had, which is actually a very public argument, and yet private in how it broke my heart. And I say this because in relationships, it's very important that we find the way. So here is a man I met in the 1980s when he was well-known but not, well-known and not well-known. And how he met was profound, how it continued was profound. There were four times when he became quite seriously ill in the period from that time until the last few years of his death. And several people close to him sought me out at those points so that Ty would be addressed by medical people and by holistic practitioners and, of course, by his community of monks and nuns. And I would be called on. He won't take the medicine. We can't get him to take it because it'll kill the creatures living in his digestive tract. So we would go another way. And I would use traditions of old old remedies of North America to feed him too many blueberries to resolve the parasites. And then he might be willing to take an antibiotic, but only if he wasn't going to cause harm, to even to the bacteria or the viruses. And so when we meet in such love, and Ty gave me the name Garland of the Heart, when we meet in such love, we are practicing together, Ty and I. Never did a man love his mother more than Thich Nhat Hanh loved his mother or honored her. His tales of what it was like to be so safely raised by her and nourished and leave to become a monk and leave the monastery and then almost starve to death. Living on given rice, he was the people in the villages around were forbidden to feed the monks when they uh, turned against the monastery viewpoints. <clears throat> and so uh, I speak openly about this because Thai gave me deep permission to. He asked if anyone wrote his biography, it might be me. And I'm sure he's probably spoken to other people, but I'm speaking so that he's remembered, remembered. So for several years, he and several other young men were forbidden from the monastery. And Villagers were asked to not feed them, to not house them, to not clothe them. So they lived near a large pond for about two and a half years. And they lived on pond scum, algae, lotus roots, and other tubers and roots and plants and vegetables which they could find. And they 
acquired some challenges to their digestive tract, which tended to bother Ty for many, many years. And so his, his sin or his challenge to the old systems was that he observed that people who were very poor, including his parents, would have a person in the family die or a new baby be welcomed. Oh, there's a baby the neighbors have. And they're going to do the naming ceremony. And in order to read the old scriptures, they will need the monk, the abbot, the Buddhist priest from the next village. And they can't name the baby until they pay this much. So there would be a concept that the baby would not be adequately blessed on the earth if the poor family couldn't raise enough money to pay to have someone translate the old words of the Buddha or the Buddhist followers of the last 2,600 years, unless the priest was hired. And Thai would realize that the farmers themselves, their prayers were fine. The baby was fine. Thai was fine. And he was aware, why can't we just translate it into the modern Vietnamese vernacular and then teach all of the boys and girls to read so that anyone could say the prayer. And no coins would have to be traded over the baby. If there were enough coins, we might buy cookies as well as having grandmother make them. Or we might invite the priest and honor them with a, a gift of a garland of flowers. Wouldn't that be beautiful? But he didn't want a gap left between heaven and earth. This was critical in his study his entire life from when he was a boy. He found that in his own personal life, there was no gap. It was only when he entered the larger society and an externalized theology that he felt a space between his mother and the priest, or his mother and her ability to pay the priest enough. And so this sin of omission came to meet me one day. I've talked about this several times in, in classes. I was living at, at Pond Village for part of a summer, a beautiful course that Ty was teaching. He taught twice in his life. Uh, profound studies that were very important to me and they were very important to Ty. It was the coldest summer in France since World War II. So I was, I didn't have had adequate, really warm clothing. So I remember the crisp and beautiful mood of the days. It wasn't cold, cold. It was just this crisp, sort of uh, profoundly beautiful Provencal summer. We were over near, in the Dordogne area, it's called over near, near Bordeaux, just east of Bordeaux, France. And so this one day, Ty sat for me. Several of us met privately with him in his study. Somebody, when I came out, asked, what did he want? I said, oh, he's going to do a ceremony tomorrow. So <clears throat> he had privately invited four people to be part of a ceremony. I nodded to him, and he said, good, I'll, I'll see you tomorrow. 
So I thought I, he's going to give these names and this certain title and what he needs what he needs done in his work. And it was not sought by him as far as I know or me. It was just something he asked of me. And so the next day when I came, he called up, I don't know how many people, 40 people for specific ideas and names and particular assignments of what they were to do. And then he went through the other three people and then he was silent. And he sat. And he looked across the room at me. And I simply had tears come forward from in my eyes and come down the sides of my cheeks. I did not really understand what he was doing. I hadn't asked for anything. I was at the class simply thinking on this one afternoon we're going to meet and he's conducting whatever work he's doing with various people. I was at the very back of a room of probably 320 people. And I remember the dress I had on, a Joan Voss black and white little flower short sleeve dress in my mid calves and I just quietly stood up and looked out the back door of the meditation hall and I quietly walked out of my bare feet and walked out into the fields. And Ty could see me from where he was sitting. And I came back to my room after I went for a long walk and had my prayers for all the different people and for him and humankind. My mother was still alive. And I came into dinner that evening of beautiful bread from the village of Bergerac and gorgeous hard cheeses and fruit. And we went into the noble silence for the night. And the next morning we came and did sitting meditation, walking meditation out into the fields. I came back and cleaned the meditation hall, which was a gorgeous joy for me. And then we began the morning, which that morning began with a tea ceremony, which Ty did occasionally, which was very beautiful. So all several hundred of us sat in a big circle and everyone had a small cup of tea, which might be feel full twice, and a little small, beautiful cookie to remind us of the way in which his mother fed him cookies, which meant so much to him. And so he came into the hall and walked around the circle and sat directly across from me you know, with 320 people or 350 people. And <clears throat> everyone was sitting, joyful, sweet day, summer day. This is early July. Sunflowers are in bloom. Red poppies, they're called kuklikor, the very small red, red poppies of Western Europe. And Ty just began by saying, oh, let us begin with how lovely it is to take tea with one another and to have a cookie and the breathing and the practice of the joy of receiving life. Never have I known a more balanced, loving human being than the path and life of Thich Nhat Hanh. Just trustworthy, noble, real, not perfect, humble, dignified, inclusive, he phrased a concept called engaged Buddhism, which has really transformed how people in all of the traditional religions have come to 
enter the last 30 or 40 years and how we go forward together. And so then Ty looked up and he said, you know, if a real Buddha were in the room and someone said something to break their heart and they were a real Buddha, they wouldn't cry. Because if they were a real Buddha, they wouldn't feel anything. And the way I will answer this to you today is, I'm in a woman's body. There are children coming. The space within me, in an XX chromosome of a girl or woman's female body, can experience the breath coming of children. I needed the Y chromosome of Thich Nhat Hanh to be ready to embrace them, the Buddhas to be. Not me, the tears were not for my body. I needed a man as my father would have been as my brother Mike was all of his life, as my brother Peter has been and continues to be all of his life, as Blaine, who's worked with me for 40 years now, is, as John is beside me, ready to hold his arms and hold that baby delivered to his heart. So that day for me, the tears were that I had to hold the baby myself. I don't, I don't have a Y chromosome in this body. We fight wars because of these lacks of understanding one another. I told Sister Chun and Tai years after, <clears throat> you know, I'm going to Vietnam I'll go first, and then, you know, they're going to invite you back. And sister said to me, Elizabeth, I, I think, are you crazy? There's no way they'll have Ty come. I said, no, sister, you are so important there. They will have him come while he is still alive. Not because I say so. I was pregnant with humankind's love for my teacher. I could feel that their bodies were ready to welcome my father spiritually took Don Han back. And they did. Not because I say so. Because beyond war and peace, there is heaven. And in the mother, when she conceives you and caretakes you in her womb and gives birth to you to deliver you safely to the earth, you are held by her cells from the moment she was conceived, that egg is within her. And your destiny, every breath of your life, while she is alive and afterwards, is held through the courage of her cells beyond all warfare. Beyond Eve, including and beyond Sarah and Hagar, including and beyond Mary, and the Buddha's mother and the Buddha's aunt. That which is in you as your mother is of heaven. 
And mysteriously, if we turn in that direction in prayer and practice, and we ask, may that which is the mother be protected, guided, safe and well in all ways. May that which is the divine feminine within all of creation, all of life, all women, all men, may it realize itself. Then King Solomon does not have a baby killed. He has two women fighting over, it's my baby. No, it's my baby. And he says, okay, I'll cut the baby in half. And one woman, one woman says, okay. And the other woman says, no, let her take the baby. Let her take the baby. And so let heaven caretake that in you, that in all women, that in all men, that in all children, that in all of creation, the dolphins, the cats, the birds, the field mice, the grasses, the flowers, the trees. Let that quality be held and remembered by the human race. as it is remembered in my prayer and practice, it is cared for in Thich Nhat Hanh, and the children who've come to whom I've taught his ways. He said years ago that he found that his heart was broken, not by lack of love, but the fact that when he was exiled from Vietnam, People told him, <clears throat> you can come back if you want. It's not that we'll kill you, we'll kill your family. And he found that there was not trust. So he tested me, oh garland of the heart, Beth, can I trust you? And I am his daughter mother, and yes, Thich Han can trust me. We pray and practice. <laughs>